Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on this Tuesday, 5th of October, 2021. Wherever you are in the world, trust you had a great start to the working week. Uh, just realized today is episode number 350. So 350 episodes of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. And I just wanted to put a shout out for everybody that's been listening in and for those of you who've taken the time to rate the show, but also send me messages via text and email and certainly on LinkedIn. Greatly appreciate you uh, listening in first of all, but also greatly appreciate the feedback that I'm getting and uh, hopefully I'm continuing to add value to you in your sales leadership quest to become an exceptional sales leader, but also helping your team become exceptional in uh, the same time, at the same time. And if you can listen just in the background of... We've got our, um, we've got our father, my father-in-law's canary, and I've got all the doors closed, and you can probably still hear in the background it's going nuts. And I just realised it's probably through a number of these podcasts, but every time I start talking, young Derek starts going absolutely bunter. So apologies if you can hear the uh, hear the canary in the background. So on today's episode, uh, given it's three hundred and fifty, I just wanted to because um, I was doing some reflection this morning on. I guess the journey since, well, what was it, April 2020 when I finally decided to start recording a podcast after five years of, uh, let's just say, procrastination and a lot of conversations with myself and saying, oh, nobody's going to listen to this and what would I know and am I going to run out of things to say, etc., etc. Now, if you had said to me, oh, probably even six months ago that I'd get to 350 episodes, let alone, you know, 50, uh, it would have been a tough ask because I, I didn't necessarily think that I would get this far, um, but it's, uh, it's it's amazing what you can do on a daily basis when, hey, first of all, one of the things I've realized is you never run out of things to talk about because there's always things happening in the world and there's always lessons that we can draw out of everything that happens in the world that can be applicable to us, but also to sales leaders and sales teams out there uh, to help, help, hopefully help them get better at what they do and uh, help us become even better sales leaders. So uh, one of the things I was I was doing this morning is just reflecting on all this, and I'm not sure if you've been watching it, but here in Australia, we've got uh, a show right now on TV called SAS Australia, and I recorded a podcast about 12, 12 months ago on this because obviously last year was season one. We're going through season two at the moment, and it's a, a program where you've got Australian celebrities, uh, whether it be sports people, business people, politicians, actors, etc., that are going through a brutal SAS training and they're being, I guess, trained by some uh, ex, I think they're ex-British SAS um, soldiers and it is, it is unbelievable. It is, and the, the instructors take no prisoners and they are, they are ruthless. They're ruthless in terms of the, I guess, the demands they place on the people in terms of going through the program, but also ruthless in terms of what they do as people are going through exercises. And the feedback is brutal. The feedback is in your face. And for many people, it's very, very confronting because these uh, these soldiers, these SAS instructors, pull no punches. They, they don't care what their background of these celebrities are. In fact, when the celebrities arrive first on first day, they are given a number. And that's how they're referred to uh, from that moment on. It's not no, it's no longer, uh, you know, Jet Kenny or Yana Pittman. It is number 17 or number 13, whatever the case might be. And for some of these celebrities, you can just tell 
well that for them it's a big big wake-up call because they've been used to being held in high esteem they've been used to very much so often placed on a pedestal and being in some cases worshipped and all of a sudden you've got these people who really don't care who they are what their background is what they've achieved and who their name is what their name is they're simply being referred to as a number so it very quickly equalizes everybody puts everybody on the same page uh, but what, what's really intriguing about this whole program is, yes, it's a very, 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 very difficult physical test of people's endurance and capability and strength, uh, but it's also a massive test mentally as well. And I was sitting there watching the episode last night, and last night's episode was all about grit. And they had to do a, an exercise as a group that was carrying a 150-kilogram log as a group of, I think, a group of six, up five five kilometers of really rugged terrain in under an hour. And it was fascinating to watch because every single one of them went through their own, uh, I guess, thresholds, their own pain barriers. Uh, but there was one in particular that uh, a lady by the name of Jessica Perris, who ended up leaving the particular show last night. Um, and the reason I wanted to talk about this particular topic today, and that is the most important conversation you're ever going to have, is the conversation you're going to have with yourself, is... Jessica Perris is the daughter of Nova Perris Kneebone, an Olympian, uh, and she's an athlete in her own right, a world-class athlete. Uh, but she's also um, shown throughout this particular program that the conversations that she's having with herself, and she'll say this as well, is not all that positive. In fact, the first thing that comes out of her mouth when she's faced with a challenge is, oh, I can't do this, this is too hard. So there appears to be a lot of self-doubt there, on, and many challenges she did this, and whether it be... The exercise she did yesterday, which she ended up actually leaving the show on, or whether there was a that there was a few weeks ago, she actually they had to jump into an ice bath, um, and it was uh, she she refused to jump in, but eventually did jump in and got through the exercise. Uh, what it proved is that despite her first thought of I can't do this, she's found herself many many times through the encouragement of the SES guys as well, getting through a lot of exercises to the point where. She was one of two females left in the program. I think there might have been six or seven females in the program to begin with. Um, so she's done an exceptional job of getting this far. But one of the things that the instructors continued to hound her on was this conversation she was having with herself and the fact that she always defaulted to, I can't do this. These were the first words that came out of her mouth. I can't do this. And yet, time and time again, through encouragement, she actually found and discovered that if she kept going and kept putting one foot in front of the other, she in fact could do it. So as I was sitting there last night watching this episode, and I was out walking this morning, I was just reflecting on it and thinking, well, it's it's so true. It's so true that there are so many examples out there, whether it be in business, in sport, in entertainment, or just in everyday life, where people are not realizing their fullest potential because of the conversations they're having with themselves. They're stopping themselves from taking that first step. They're stopping themselves from taking the second, third, or 400th step. They're thinking that they're either not worthy or they can't do something, when in actual fact, they can. Because the only limit that we place on ourselves is the limit that we place on ourselves. And it's been proven time and time again. So I wanted to talk about this today because it's a really important topic uh, for everybody, but especially sales leaders. And as we talked about yesterday, success really is about staying staying on the course. And I referred to this last week as well, that your team is a mirror. And so be really, really conscious of the conversations we're having with ourselves because it's going to play out in our team. So it's such such an important topic. Now, I always, I always say this to people, and it sounds really odd when I say it, but it's, um, it's, it's true nonetheless. And it's the reason why the important conversation, or the most important conversation you're going to have is the conversation you have with yourself because no matter where you go, there you are. And that's the thing, right? We're always going to be 
with ourselves. We're going to spend more time with ourselves than we will with any other person ever. So we may as well have good conversations with ourselves, wouldn't you agree? And so it reminds me of this book that I read many, many years ago, and it's a little book called As a Man Thinketh, and it's a powerful book because it's it's about thinking and why our thinking is so powerful. And James Allen wrote this book, and essentially the, the whole point of the book was As a Man Thinketh, so is he. So what actually starts, we actually start to think about, so we become. And that was the whole thesis of the book, which was written well over 100 years ago. Uh, so when you think about what you do on a daily basis, are you aware of what your thinking is? Are you aware of the conversations that you're having with yourself? Are you aware of your own thinking? And if you look at your team, what are you seeing in your, in your team play out? Because remember, as we said last week, your team is a mirror. So if your team are not delivering great results, if your team are not in a great frame of mind, if your team are having conversations that tend to be slanted towards being more of a fixed type mindset and seeing the world as maybe a little bit uh, half empty in terms of the glass rather than half full, then remember, that's on you. That's, that's on you as a sales leader. That's on you because you're the one taking responsibility because what you see play out in your team is what's happening first inside you because our team is and always will be a reflection of us. So be aware of your thinking. Be aware of the conversations you're having with yourself. And if you find yourself having conversations, particularly when things are getting tough, right? Particularly when you've got some challenges you face, you're not sure where the answers are going to come from, or you're not sure where the next opportunity is going to come from, or you're not sure whether this particular opportunity is going to convert. Instead of having a conversation and thinking about, oh my God, what's going to happen if this doesn't work, or I can't seem to get over this obstacle, change the conversation, change the dialogue, and think about, okay, I can't necessarily do anything right now to change what's happened to me because it's just happened and there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen which is beyond our control we've talked about this a lot what we do have control over though is what we choose to do next so i can either i can either look at it as saying you know what i can't do something and therefore i've got sort of a fixed mindset to say well it's going to make it really really difficult for me to come up with any ideas or any creativity to overcome this particular challenge, but I've got to change my conversation. I've got to say, no, no, hang on a second. I can do this. I will find a way because great leaders do a number of things. They first of all identify and can language reality right now. So what is reality right now? They can define it. They also use the the second thing is they use that as a platform to say, okay, based on that reality, what can I now do to move myself and therefore move my team forward, even if it's just one step? Just take one step. That's all we have to do. And doing that is all of a sudden open up, opens up the possibilities because our thinking and our belief is we will find a solution. We will find a way. Now, if you can have the I can attitude and a conversation you have with yourself versus the I can't, then it stands to reason that you're going to be more innovative, you're going to be more creative, and there's more opportunity to come up with more ideas to solve a problem than if you said, oh my God, this problem's too big for me. I can't find an outcome. I can't find a solution. So as Henry Ford said, you know, years and years and years ago, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right both ways. So we've got to be really conscious of what our thinking is and be very, very conscious of the conversations that we're having with ourselves. So the key message for today is what is the conversation you're having with yourself, your thinking patterns, because the most important conversation you're ever going to have with anybody is the conversation that you have with yourself. And I'll leave you with this, this quote from a very, very famous book, by a man called Viktor Frankl, who was an Austrian psychiatrist, Holocaust survivor, and uh, wrote a book called The Man's Search for Meaning. If you haven't read that book, it's a really tough book to read because there's a lot of uh, difficult things in there in terms of what actually happened back, back way, way back in the Holocaust years. But there's a number of famous quotes that come out of that book 
And the general thesis of this particular book is exactly what we're talking about today in terms of the most important conversation is that that you have with yourself. Now, the stories that he does share in the book are quite harrowing to read because uh, these people were not treated as human beings. They were literally uh, treated like animals or probably even worse than animals. They were beaten physically. They were tortured. They were uh, placed under mental sort of stress. Uh, Many people were given false hope. They were starved. Uh, They were living in squalid conditions. So disease was rampant uh, and many people lost hope. Uh, many people lost hope and died uh, when, for example, they, they'd be hoping that they'd be released at Christmas time. And when that didn't happen, they gave up all hope. And he said there was a number of, number of cases where people would die very quickly after a, a milestone was passed where they weren't released, thinking that they'd been let down yet again. So um, it was a test of people's characters. It was a test and no, nobody should have gone through that because it was just disgraceful on behalf of the, of the captors. But one of the key things that came out of that, and there's a very famous quote in the book that I, I want to leave you with today, I and mean, it's a very, very important one in the context of the conversation we're having today, and that is this, that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And his whole theme there was they could, have, they could torture me, they could starve me, they could physically beat me, they can make the conditions almost unbearable to live in. But one thing they couldn't take away was his ability to think and his ability to have a conversation with himself. And he puts down this conversation he was having with himself and the thinking patterns behind that as the key reason as to why he endured what he endured, why he survived and why he ended up getting out of the concentration camps. So the key message for today is this, the most important conversation you're ever going to have is the conversation that you have with yourself. So be very, very conscious of the thinking patterns that you demonstrate and ask yourself the question, is my thought patterns today, is my thinking right now going to help me? Is it going to help my team or is it going to hinder me and hinder my team? So it presupposes, therefore, that our thinking pattern, certainly as a leader, needs to be optimistic and the glass half full. So the challenge today is to challenge your own thinking. Just be aware of what's the conversation I'm having with myself. Ask, ask myself, am I helping? Am I hindering? And if I'm not helping, then I need to actually change it. And I need to make sure I'm having a glass half full conversation with myself because my team desperately needs me to be at the best that I possibly can be. So with that, uh, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. And a key reminder, if you'd like to work together one-on-one, jump on my calendar at leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time, we'll jump on a call and start working together and help you become that exceptional leader as quickly as over the next 90 days. So look forward to that conversation and as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.